The New Testament reading is taken from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious way. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Good morning to everybody. It's great to see you. As Ken says, I live in Scarborough. Uh, we like to call it Scarbados. Um, so if you are looking for a UK destination, do come and join us. I'm not originally from Scarborough. Um, I have a bit of a mongrelized accent. I come from Scotland, a little town called Wishaw, which most of you have never heard of, I'm sure. Uh, we were famous for two things when I was growing up. We had a snooker player called John Higgins, and we had an E. coli outbreak in 1996. Um, <laughs> Um, I've been uh, around different places. Um, if you want to know about my family, so I'm married uh, to Vicky. We've got three children. Um, I know their names and roughly their ages. I don't know their dates of birth, so that's uh, absolutely normal, I'm sure. Um, so we've got a Josiah, a Karis, and a Zoe, and they're nine, eight, and six. So there we are. That's job done, isn't it? I once remember uh, on the phone call to child tax credits, you know they go through their security uh, questions, and I think I got through about 15 of them, and the last one was, uh, please tell me the, the date of birth of your youngest child. I have absolutely no idea. So that was hard uh, to have that conversation. Anyway, let's not talk about that anymore. Let's, uh, if you've got your Bibles, I'd love you to open your Bible at Matthew chapter 11. If you don't have a Bible and you would like to follow, one of the things you can do is if you've got your phone, just get your phone out and look for something called Bible Gateway, or just type into Google uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30, and you'll be able to see uh, what I am going to refer to, which I think will be a great help. So with God's word open, let's pray for God's help. I don't know your life circumstances today. I really don't. But God does. And God knows why you're here. I don't know what burdens you have. I don't know what anxieties you have. But why not in the silence pray to God to speak a message to you this morning that would be life transforming? Can you risk that? Dear Father, we thank you that your words are good. Thank you that they are relevant. And we pray that you would help us to be attentive today and that you would speak in ways that transform not just our earthly lives, but give us hope for eternity, for the glory of Jesus. Amen. It's rather common to assume that everyone in the world is either a person of faith or a person of no faith. We look around us and it seems pretty obvious that people should be categorized into two columns, that we would need space for the believers and we need space for the unbelievers. However, the truth is very different. If you were ever to do such an exercise and try and categorize everyone on the planet, you wouldn't need two columns. You would only need one. 
And the reason is because there is no such thing as an unbeliever. Every single person on this planet, every single person in this building is a person of faith. The only question is, what or who are you trusting in? Now, this does not mean that everybody in this room has faith in a God. It doesn't mean that everybody in this room has the same type of faith in a particular God. Now, what it means to be a person of faith is that everybody in this room, regardless of your ethnicity, of your age, where you're from, it means that every single person is trusting in someone or something for their satisfaction, for their security, for their stability, and for their significance. Now, that may be yourself, it might be in someone else, it might be in a God, but everyone is a person of faith. Now, we live in a culture that loves to say that it doesn't actually matter what you believe in. Know the mantra as well as I do. Choose whatever works for you in the supermarket of life. Go to the shelf that you like the look of and take whatever off it you like. But the truth is, it matters hugely. Your eternal destiny, not just where you will be in five years, ten years, but where you will be in a thousand years, and our earthly well-being depend on the choice that we make. Choose the right path, and eternity will be secure. Our eternity will be glorious. Our eternity will be beautiful. And our earthly experience will choose the right path, and that will be filled with peace, even in the midst of a storm. However, choose wrongly. Where we will be in a thousand years will be a disaster. And what we will experience this side of the grave will feel restless, relentless, and overwhelming. Now, of course, that begs the question, doesn't it? What is the right choice? Can we even know? Is it possible to know the truth? Or are we all part of some gigantic guessing game? And we've just got to hope that our hunch Well, listen to these words from Jesus Christ, and he does know what he's talking about. Remember the Lord Jesus Christ, he reveals himself to be the eternal Son of God, sent from heaven into our world 2,000 years ago. So when he speaks, he's not just guessing, he's revealing the truth. So listen to this. These are wonderful words from Jesus Christ. Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's an amazing statement from Jesus Christ. That is life-changing. That is eternity-shaking. It is a promise from Jesus Christ. It is an invitation to all those who are feeling weary, who are feeling burdened, to find rest amidst all the pressure. Is that you this morning? You're feeling burdened, you're feeling weary, and here is an invitation from the Lord of heaven to come to him, to find rest for your souls. Now, I love that Jesus doesn't precisely define what is causing the weariness and the burden. Do you see that? He doesn't say, if you are wearied because of this particular thing, then you come to me. But if it's a different kind of weariness, you stay over there. (laughs) He doesn't say, if you are burdened by this, 
then come to me. But if not this, well, just keep Jesus Christ leaves it wide open. Jesus says, whoever you are, whatever is causing the dark, disconnected, and demanding days, Jesus says, he says, come. He says, come to me, and I'll give you rest. Those words are very provocative, aren't they? To be weary, burdened. They're very evocative words. Uh, To be weary speaks of being fatigued, tired. You're a picture someone running out of steam, someone drained of energy without much petrol in the tank. And I'm sure we can all relate to what that means. Um, Over these uh, last few months, I have taken up jogging uh, more than I used to do. I think I'm basically trying to outrun the Grim Reaper. And there's loads of us out there with our Lycra trying to outrun the Reaper at the front on the Scarborough beaches. Uh, There are two things I really don't like when I'm out uh, running. Um, I don't like being overtaken by people. That's a really bad thing if you've been running. It's really bad to be overtaken by people who are younger than you. Worse to be overtaken by people who are older than you. Uh, The other thing I don't like when I'm out running is when I just run out of puff. You know, you go out uh, and the, the first the first stretch and you're going well, you're waving at people, smiling at people, you're doing that kind of jogger thing. It's a bit like the bus driver's wave. You know, you pass a jogger and you kind of go, yes, we're all jogging together, aren't we cool? And on the way back, you're going, oh no, the sweat is there. You're almost creeping home and then you see the hill and you stop. It's very easy to run out of puff in life, isn't it? Uh, To feel weary and fatigued. And there are lots of different reasons for that. Sometimes it's Maybe this is you, you run after ambitions over many years of your life. Maybe that career that in the early days of your life, that was the thing. That was the thing that was going to give you significance, the thing you would run after. And now after years and years, you've ran and it's continued to be outside your grasp. Maybe you've got it, but it's left you feeling dissatisfied. But now after all the running, all the fatigue, there's nothing left in the tank. Maybe you're a problem solver. Maybe you love trying to solve your own problems. Maybe you love trying to solve family problems. Maybe you just love solving people's problems. But what happens? You understand, don't you, that the to-do list of problem solving never stops. Even if you've got the most sophisticated task management system, and not just a to-do list that you take off, the to-do list of problem solving just is endless. And if you're a problem solver, you're on after trying to solve problems and you discover, don't you, that you do not have superman powers. It leaves you fatigued. Or maybe you've reached a point in your life where you've realized that the superficial glitz of everything that is offered just doesn't deliver all that it promises and you feel tired. Or maybe you've just reached your senior years. And I am not going to define what senior years are, but you have reached your senior years and you are just tired. Or maybe you've not reached your senior years and what has happened round the corner that you never saw coming was the medical emergency, the health scare that is not just a scare, but which is very real to you and all the energy that you once had is drained from your body. And you're asking yourself, is there anything else? Because I really hope that this is not it. Jesus says, whatever the cause of your weariness, hear the precious words of Jesus Christ. He says to you today, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. Maybe you feel burdened. 
It's another brilliant word, isn't it, that describes perfectly how many people feel. It speaks of being under pressure, of sinking under the weight. Now, again, there are many different causes of that. Uh, Religion can do that if you follow the wrong religion. Sometimes religion puts standards that need to be met in order to gain eternity, to reach the level of salvation, that if you follow them closely, those standards are so high and you never quite get there and you are feeling burdened. Sometimes it's the expectations of others. Maybe your own expectations. What are they? Is this the kind of person you are? In order to have some sort of significance in your life, there's something you've got to achieve, and the pressure is from there, the pressure is from here, but actually the standards are just too high, and you never make it, and the pressure is overwhelming. Sometimes it's the guilt of wrong things that we've done. There are things that we've done in the past that we secretly feel guilty about. We've never had forgiveness from them. And they gnaw away inside us. And they weigh us down. Sometimes it's the dawning realization that we are small, that we are fragile, and the future is uncertain and outside our control. Is that not something that COVID did for us? Suddenly, as we're all in our foxholes, trapped away in our house, we feel out of control, we can't seem to fix things and we feel small and fragile and we think one day my earthly life will end and what is the answer? And we feel burdened. Well, Jesus says, whatever the cause of your burden, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. Now at this point, you may be asking The question, well, what does that actually mean? If we had been alive 2,000 years ago and had been in the right place, we could have met Jesus Christ. He's not a figure of my imagination. He's not a figure of Ken's imagination. He was a real person in real history that we could have met. And if we were around 2,000 years ago, you would have heard him say these words, come to me, and you might have said, great, well, I'm going to come to you. Well, what does it mean today? Fast forward 2,000 years Later, 21st century, here we are in Newcastle. What does it mean to actually come to Jesus today? Well, listen to Jesus' words. You've got your Bibles open. Look at verse 29. Listen to this. Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know what the yoke is? Google it later, the yoke is that wooden cross piece fitted between two animals. And what happens when it's fitted between the two animals? They've got to go in the right direction, the same direction. So if this is animal A, and this is animal B, without a yoke, animal A is going over there, I'm going to go over here. Animal B, I'm just going to go over there. You put a yoke, and they're going that way. They're going together. Do you see what Jesus is doing? He takes that common picture of a yoke, and he says, I've got a yoke. And he applies this to every single person who wants rest for their souls. Jesus says, you want this? You want rest now? You want rest for eternity? Well, let me tell you how you get it. You get hooked up to me. You take my yoke. Here I am. You attach yourself to me. And what happens when you attach yourself to me? Will you allow me to be the one who sets direction in your life? Jesus says, learn from me. Embrace my instructions. I am the Lord of heaven and earth. Yoke yourself to me and the result will be 
the rest that you desperately crave, both in this life and in eternity. Now, I know that instinctively, we think that all restrictions are bad for us. We prefer a life, don't we, when we can do what we want, when we want it, and who we want it with. And we think that's freedom. Can you imagine two years ago, if you could have predicted what would happen all the way through the pandemic, would you have predicted the number of freedoms that we would have given over to our government? I have a theory why that is, because when you live through a pandemic, when the majority of people in the country don't have a sure, certain view of eternity, and this life is all there is, then what you do is, the only thing you can do is survive have oxygen in your lungs, and therefore, if that's all you've got to do, you give up everything in order to breathe. But restrictions aren't good, are they? What do we call the 18th of July? Freedom Day. Why do we call it Freedom Day? Because we didn't want to be pinned down. We didn't want to be in our foxholes. We wanted to get out and live again. And there's something instinctive to us that thinks, when I can do what I want, when I want it, then I'll be free. But here's the truth. If you want rest for your souls, if we want satisfaction, security, significance, and stability, we must be yoked to Jesus. We must embrace the leadership of Jesus Christ. We must allow him to be in charge. He's the Lord. He's the ruler. He's the Savior. But if we want freedom, We must submit ourselves to the leadership of Jesus Christ. Allow him to be in charge of our daily decisions. Allow him to set the direction and course of our life as we embrace his teachings in the Bible. And as you do it, let me read you the promise again from Jesus Christ. Verse 30, listen to this. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The way of Jesus is easy. Do you think that's remarkable? There are many Christians here. Do you think that's remarkable? The way of Jesus is easy? Well, of course, that doesn't mean that the way of Jesus is not demanding. Of course it's demanding. It doesn't mean it's not radical. Of course. It doesn't mean that you will never experience any pressure or demands. Of course you will. However, the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you get yoked to him, the teachings of Jesus are clear. And that's amazing. We live in a world full of confusion. We think choice is amazing, but actually confusion is awful. And the teachings of Jesus about life now and eternity are liberating. The teachings of Jesus Christ are filled with grace and tenderness and love and refreshment. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. We are small. We are fragile. We cannot control our destiny, let alone our day. But he can. And he loves us. That is what makes the way of Jesus easy. Jesus Christ is not out to crush your spirits. Jesus Christ is not out to work you into the ground. No, Jesus Christ wants you to enjoy him, the world he has made, and he wants you to enjoy a relationship with his father. Jesus Christ is not the kind of boss who makes you check your emails 24-7. Jesus loves his people, and he wants his people to flourish according to the beautiful design he has for them. Please hear this this morning. The way of Jesus is easy. 
and his burden is light. Other religions impose great burdens on their followers, weighty requirements in order to merit eternal salvation. But you know, the way of Jesus is very different. Who bears the weight in Christianity? Who bears the burden in Christianity? Jesus does. Jesus is the one who comes all the way from heaven to go to the cross so that he will bear the weight of our sins. So therefore, all the punishment that we deserve to experience for all eternity. You and me are not naturally good people on the way to heaven. We are sinners on the way to hell. But Jesus came all the way from heaven so that he could go to the cross to bear the heavy weight of our sin so that we could be liberated and we could live in eternity forever. We need that. Your heart is hardwired for eternal life. You don't want this world to be all there is. And the good news is, Jesus says, there is more to come, but it only comes as you put your faith in me. But it means that anything else that Jesus puts upon us as we are yoked to him is light in comparison to the burden that he faced on the cross. Now let me finish. And I want to apply these truths to three groups of people. First, are there people listening to this who have never yoked themselves to Jesus at all? Maybe you've heard things about Jesus. Maybe you've grown up in church. Maybe you've just wandered in. Maybe someone's invited you today. Maybe you believe in a God, but you have never surrendered your life to Jesus. Well, whatever you are currently trusted in, you are a believer. I'm not asking you to believe. I'm just asking you to transfer your belief from something that will not bear the weight to put it to Jesus. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Could you do that today? Is Jesus inviting you? I know he's inviting you. Will you say yes? Maybe there's another group of people here today. Maybe the people I call walk-away Christians. Sometimes people call it backslidden Christians. Kind of walk-away Christians, drift-away Christians. Maybe for a lot of your life you were active in a church. Maybe life hit, consequences, decisions, and you drifted away, but there's been this gnawing thing in your heart. And you're back. And you're asking, is there a place for me? Do you know what Jesus says to you this morning? Come to me. Come to me, and I will give you rest. And I know as I speak, many and our temptation when we go through the storm and the pressure of the moment is to move our trust away from Jesus. Instinctively, we become self-sufficient and say, well, I'm going to try and sort out my problems and I'll be back. Jesus, just hold on over there for a minute. No, Jesus says to us, keep on coming to me. Keep on coming to me in the storm. Heaven is coming. <laughs> but before we get there, keep on coming and I'll give you rest for your souls. So let me finish by inviting you to pray. If you're a Christian this morning, I encourage you to pray to the Lord Jesus Christ. As I talk now, why don't you bow your heads and you, you, know, the, you know the struggles and the pressures in your life. Why don't you pray for that fresh energy, strength from Jesus Christ as he refreshes your soul in the moment. Maybe you need to pray for the fresh hope of heaven. Take me through the day, Lord. Maybe you are one of those walk-away Christians. Maybe you're here today and you need to say to Jesus, I don't just want to drift back into the kingdom. I want to say, here I am. Please forgive me. Please accept me. Why don't you do that now? 
Uh, maybe you haven't ever done it. So I want to read a prayer uh, just for you. It's from this little book called Why Jesus. These are available at the end. Maybe appropriate for you to pray this later in the day, maybe later in this week. Um, if it seems appropriate as I read it to you, make sure you leave church today with a book like this. But it may be appropriate for you to pray it with me now. Maybe you hear the voice of Jesus Christ calling you home, calling you to leave trust in other things that don't work and to put your trust in Jesus. Let me read it through slowly. And if this is right for you, if you hear the voice of Christ, why don't you pray it quietly in your head to Jesus who is listening. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Father, we commit our time to you. Uh, we pray that the words that we have heard today would not be snatched from us. Uh, we pray that we would believe that Jesus Christ really can deliver on his promise to provide rest for our souls. We pray all this for the glory of his name. Amen.